we try to focus on is that being human and high performing at work go hand in hand. So how do we find a healthy balance there uh, to get the most out of you and for you to get the most out of Clearo as well? So how do we keep you motivated and engaged by making this just really down to earth, safe environment where you can be yourself, but you're also set up for success. So you can really perform, uh, which also is something that you want to do at work. Hi everyone, it's Marissa Bryan here um, and this is our most recent episode of Scaling So Far, our uh, podcast here at Seed, where we have candid conversations with both founders and people leaders or talent leaders in scale-up technology companies and we find out a little bit about how they did that. Uh, Essentially, we're here to help people who are in the startup and scale-up world uh, learn from from others and get all of the the tips and ideas that you can from people who's who's been there and done it before. And let me tell you, today we have someone who has been there and done it before more than once. So, <laughs> our guest today on scaling so far is Jesse Peters, head of people at uh, Danish fintech company Clio. Um, Jesse uh, has a ton of experience, as I've just said, doing this and uh, knows a thing or fifty eight about how to do this uh, from a people and talent perspective. Um, and uh, on a personal note, of course, Jesse and I are both from the part of the world where Christmas is by a swimming pool, and it's a delight to uh, to talk to somebody else from the Southern Hemisphere today. So, Jesse, a huge welcome to the podcast. How are you? Oh, Marissa, thanks so much. It's really, really nice to be here and to have uh, spent some time with you and Laura as well. I'm doing all right, thanks. I'm uh, oof, always January up here in the Northern Hemisphere. It's It's going to get you. But, yep. uh, but yeah, aside from that, uh, I'm doing right. And you? Um, look, the same as you, January used to be my favourite month of the year for a very, very long time. It was our summer holidays, as, as you exactly. know. Um, and now it's, it's one of those months where it's like you sort of crawl through to, to February and just a little yeah. bit trickier in 2021 than maybe it was in 2020. But um, doing exactly. our best to, to stay positive and, and yes. stay you know, focused and motivated. Um, and uh, and Jesse, am I right in, in knowing or saying that uh, you have lived and worked in Cape Town, Stockholm, Helsinki, Tallinn, and now you live and work in Copenhagen? Yes, and just uh, after yep. Copenhagen, now terrible timing, but from December, I actually turned into a mm, permanent traveler, so I'm based nowhere. Now I have no lease. Uh, no apartment, no nowhere. So I'm actually in Budapest today. Um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, hopping around to whichever country will have me right now, and uh, and we'll be traveling. So, do you, Jesse? Do you feel like your experiences, work, you know, working and living around the world, have shaped the kind of people leader that you've become today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started working in IMA, right? So India, Middle mm-hmm. East, and Africa. So it's emerging markets. I mean, for me, the biggest fights there was like I was young I was a woman uh those are things that in you know traditional markets are a bit harder to overcome uh, mm-hmm. and I learned you know this very like entrepreneurial edgy very very different cultures I mean I come from South Africa with 11 official languages and then I came up here to of all places started in the Nordics which is wildly different mm-hmm. uh, worked with France worked with Germany worked um you know, with the UK, every culture just kind of, I don't know, widens your perspective. You become much more, at least for me, I became much more open. And 
kind of, you can throw any different thing at me right now. And I'm just like, oh, of course, that makes sense. So I've just, um, I think, become a lot more open-minded and more welcoming to differences instead of being a bit intimidated by them. Um, because mm -hmm. I've now been the outsider for, what, five years or so? So mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful to anyone who makes an effort. And, uh, and I really appreciate that part of people a lot more, I think. Excellent. Um, that's something that we, we share in that regard. Obviously, yeah. um, uh, most people can hear that, that I'm Australian and, and you're South African. And I think, you know, when you, when you are, for, for argument's sake, an immigrant, even if you speak the language and, and maybe even look similar to the, to the, place where, to the people it, in the place exactly. where you live, it's still, everything's different. Um, yeah. I still say pants and people still yeah. laugh at me because they think I'm talking about my underpants instead of my jeans. So, Swimming costume. <laughs> yeah, yes. there's so many little things that you just don't even realize are, are different yeah, exactly. funny things like that as well as the big stuff um and jesse have you always held talent and, and people focused roles no not at all and i think that's what mm. makes me a bit atypical in this space as well because i've gone uh, on the sales side and then um, on operations and then the whole time i've been working with people and doing mm. a lot of hiring and managing teams but and then actually running people teams uh, within the ops function, but never actually mm. going into this field. So, so I started that only like two and a half years ago, full-time, just in people. So it's been a, wow, a very mm. speedy course on how to do this while scaling a company and, and being able to not just learn myself, but be able to make sure that it's a great supportive structure and a motivating structure for, for people as well. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, anything that sort of broadens your perspective, broadens your your point of view. I think it just adds so much value um, to to be in any role where you've had a, a, a variety and and uh, in some cases, you know, really conflicting different experiences. I think it adds so much yeah. to, to anyone's perspective. Um, look, maybe just to add in there, Marissa, which what? I found really interesting. So I thought our CEO Yefe was completely mad to take risk uh, on me here, hiring me for this role. But what I've been figuring out lately, because I have ended up hiring my team the same, everyone's function uh, experts that then learn how to do people ops. And I found out that other companies are doing this too, which was huge relief for me. So actually our investors, uh, one of them in Sweden is called Shinovic. Uh, and they actually, within their um, investment portfolio, they really encourage this type of, of hiring as well. So I just recently felt a little bit for the first time reassured. I was like, okay, okay, this is actually uh, something that people are getting more tempted by. And so I that's think very cool. If you have the, the, the kind of basic um, knowledge and experience around leadership and management, yeah. you know, the kind of function that you're leading or managing really can be can be quite agnostic because you've got yeah. those fundamental skills about how to plan, how to get people behind a plan, how to yes. coach people to perform. And, and exactly. it's something that it, it's funny, you know, uh, you living in Europe, me living in Europe. I think it's something that when you perhaps are in a, from a market where talent pool might be a little bit more restrained than it might be yeah. say in New York or London, you know, you do tend to have to make choices and, and, uh, and get a bit more creative when you, when you don't have a plethora of, of candidates who might have that kind of standard standard profile um yeah, exactly. so yeah it's a really interesting kind of uh, initiative that a lot of the sort of younger up-and-coming companies are, are, are taking right now you mm. at Plio, i mean you guys have had some pretty amazing success <laughs> over the last little yeah. while 
tell us a bit about what you guys do and and what the vision is and 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 what Plio you know plan to be in the future. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll tell you from the people side. So I'm very, mm-hmm. very biased on how I explain what our company does. <laughs> uh, but basically, players of fintech, right? And our mm-hmm. whole idea is that if you trust someone enough to hire them, you should trust them enough to spend company money responsibly. Um, mm-hmm. And what we feel that we do is we really, so we give every single person, whether you're an intern or a part-time worker or a CEO, everybody gets a card, um, like a spending card, and you can just spend money responsibly and it hooks mm. up to the app. So everything's visible. Uh, mm. And at the same time, you never have to get approval for things and stuff. It's like, we, we trust you. So it's super fun from a people perspective because we are focusing on building a future workplace um, and trying to make our mission is to make everyone feel valued at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that we do that, the, you know, the facilitators, obviously this product say like, we value you. We trust you. You should never have to spend your own money. Um, mm. Let us just, you know, empower you here and delegate it. We don't have to control everything and centralize everything. And that's very much the the basis for how we can build the people team and, and support our people at Player as well. Um, so this this is just uh, really motivating for me on that side of thing because you get super uh, quite a lot of freedom. And as someone who has been a user of the product, I couldn't agree more. Um, Are you? you know, <laughs> having worked in organisations where doing your expenses was something that you had to like plan a day a month to get sorted out again yeah, at the exactly. end of the month, um, to, to having the flexibility, like you say, of being empowered, being trusted. And, um, you know, perhaps traditionally people might have thought that that was something that was really risky, but actually, yeah. and, and, you know, whilst it might be driven by the younger populations um, coming into the workforce, empowerment, yeah. trust, responsibility, that they're some of our core values here at Seed. So, yeah. you know, I think that, um, you know, the, the assumption that somebody's going to do the wrong thing as opposed to the assumption that, that people genuinely want to do the right thing um, exactly. is something that we've seen transform the workplace over the last generation or so. So, cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you guys have hit 13,000 customers um, mm. is your most recent customer milestone and you guys have um, have also done a ton from a talent perspective since you first started in 2018. What's your journey with Cleo been like so far? Uh, it's it's been busy. I think is a good way to put it. So um, so I actually joined to set up the people function. It didn't exist, and we were 40 people. And I joined. We just raised the Series A. We're like, okay, great. Let's grow. We're good. we're super ambitious. By the end of next year, let's be 80. Let's double in size. And I was like, wow, that's going to be. That's going to be crazy. Uh, mm. Three months later, we were 80. So what's happened with us is we've had this really high-paced growth in terms of the product and with customer base, but also in terms of headcount. So we've gone from 40 people when I joined to uh, we're around 250 today. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of stopped growing. Normally, we grow around 20, 25 people month on month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just during Corona, we did a bit of a hiring freeze and stuff. So we slowed down. So we'll be around 400 people by the end of now, this year, 21. So it's, wow. uh, yeah, it's a journey where you hit these different milestones and suddenly the thing that you built doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So it's a lot of, uh, we work as a product team as much as we can as people ops. Mm. So a lot of iterating, expecting things to break, being okay with it, experimenting, and then trying to have a mixture of speed of execution balance that with also quality 
because now everything you ship starts to impact I mean 250 people it's significant right if you do something mm -hmm. super inefficient or something that's really not supportive it can it can have a bigger effect than when you do it with 40 people so yeah so it sounds like it sounds like some of your biggest learnings have been expecting expecting to break, which I love, you know, and and, and yeah. iterate. Um, is there like a tactic or a piece of advice, like a, a pearl of wisdom, if you like, that you'd like <laughs> to share with the listeners that that you you wish you knew before you got started, or that um, has been sort of a key to your success? Um, yeah, I think. The interesting thing for me, it's it's also the things that you hear, but I think for me, the thing I was most worried about is the culture will break. I mean, I think that's mm. every people person's Everyone, like paranoia, yeah. right? But mm. instead of looking at it like that, we've worked a lot on our values last year and um, together it was co-creation with the company. And it's, I think what would have been helpful for me to look at from the beginning is to say, you can hold the same values, but if you're hiring more and more people you you should embrace the fact that your culture is changing and it needs to progress as you're in different phases of a business so how do you keep those same values but what entrepreneurship which is one of our values what that means at 40 people and what that means at 250 they're different types of entrepreneurship but they're mm -hmm. still valid so how do you make sure they're celebrated even though perhaps your impact will not be on the full company now it will be on a niche mm -hmm. how do you make sure people you communicate that and you make sure that people feel part of the journey where you can embrace culture changing rather than resist it because successful startups are going to go past the point of feeling like a family. And um, the more you can prepare the company for that um, in a welcoming way, instead of a, well, business is going to change, but now, you know, you know, series mm -hmm. B, if you can get that right, I think that would have been uh, something I would have started with from day one. I don't think our culture really broke, but uh, it would have been reassuring for me as a, a people leader as well. And it's something, you know, Jesse, we work with with companies that are scaling like you are, you know, all, all, that's, what, that's what my job is. Um, we do that all day, every day. And the number of times that I've heard people say culture fit, you know, everyone has yeah. to meet the founder, <laughs> everyone has to be hired by the founder. Yeah. You know, we have these values on day one and that's not going to change ever. Like, it, it, you know, even if you were a family, the family values that you would have when the kids are small versus when they're adults would, would evolve. Exactly. Like it would exactly. naturally have to evolve in order to survive. Yeah. So the idea that, that, you know, your company will evolve, your product will evolve, your customer yeah. base will evolve, you'll expand internationally, but your culture will stay stagnant throughout all of that is, is a really, um, you know, it's almost sort of leading on to the next question that I was going to ask you, which is, you know, what is the biggest kind of fallacy, biggest BS advice that you've ever been given when it comes to, to scaling a people function in a, in a, in a company like yours? Mm. Um, I mean, there, there are a whole bunch of different there's a, there's things. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And some I think are completely valid for a lot of companies, but just didn't work for us. Um, so I think the thing for me was, the way that I decided to build our team was atypical. So I didn't split anyone into HR and just hiring, right? Or recruiters mm -hmm. from day one. And that, I think it was an amazing leap of faith from, from the team at Leo to be like, okay, you, mm -hmm. you build your team how you think it's best. Um, but from like the outside people space, people were like, why don't you just have a 
HR coordinator at this and this and these mm -hmm. specialized roles. Um, and that was quite a determination to prove that it could work like this and to mm -hmm. build a more human team that like stays with individuals journeys instead of breaking up the relationships halfway through. Mm -hmm. So that was something where I felt very much on my own supported by the company, but, but I didn't see so many people from the people space doing this. So that was a bit nerve wracking because I never built this type of, type of team before. And suddenly I was doing it in a very different way. Um, so, yeah, I think I have to admit, I think yeah. like as someone myself who has worked in HR for, for a very, very long time, I've never seen a team like that. But to hear you describe it as being driven by the relationships that you would have mm. with the team members from, you know, hiring sort of through their onboarding and then even beyond as they continue yeah. their journey as they um, uh, continue their journey as, a, as an employee longer term. I mean, it, it is definitely a very innovative way to do it. And if we have the opportunity to schedule another call, I would... I'd, I could talk to you about that for two hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy to. It's we've got a lot of learnings, right? Because um, yeah, the cool thing definitely. is, if you have, yeah, if you have these people who deeply care about their functions, so say we have, you know, computer scientists hiring fellow engineers, they really care about it. So they, with the first time they speak to someone, you build this like strong relationship, have this great debate about technologies or or something they mm -hmm. care about, and then when you're talking to your you know cto about oh you know career progression or who should take this new role you could bring something back from the interview process that you really noticed as a leadership trait or something they did with a team and you have mm -hmm. this also red thread so you have this like big picture of of your people and i think that context mm -hmm. helps you more on like the common sense side on how to actually best uh, support and use your people uh, in the best ways mm -hmm. possible so, absolutely yeah. fascinating and, and like I say really innovative and and you know people-led approach to yeah. building a people organization as yeah exactly to a, you know um a book or, or a theory or a practice that someone learned at university I think yeah like I said I could sit here and talk to you about that for hours but we do <laughs> have to move on to talk yes. a little bit more about what's happening with you at Pleo um obviously we've hit January 2021 um, for many of us, it's been a, a, an interesting evolution in life and the world over the last 12 yes. months. Um, what are you looking forward to over the next 12 months um, in, yeah. in your you know, career and, and, and in your organisation? Hmm. So I think 2020 for me, I've thought about this a lot. This is my Christmas <laughs> holidays. Really couldn't get this out of my mind. Um, but 2020, I feel that we're a very product-led people ops team and we're proactive and we try to solve problems before other people notice that there could be a problem and things like that. And 2020, we just ended up being super reactive to an environment we couldn't control, but mm. then also so sensitive. How do we support these people? So we became reactive to anyone's needs. And there was Black Lives Matter. And there was, oh, let's chat about like mm. women in the uh, engineering space. And there was all these big topics popping up that we were trying to you know make sure that people were heard and supported on uh australian fires like we were very much we spread ourselves so thin and we became reactive and i think that's harmed us because we haven't been able to build the things that people don't see that they need we were just addressing needs so we kind of became mm -hmm. this almost like supportive a bit of a ticketing function mm -hmm. uh, so this year the great thing that's happened last week is we set our people priorities and our co-founders um, 
agreed on them last week, Friday, actually. So we have two clear themes that are set for 21. And then everything else is going to be super clear and backlogged. And you can submit ideas much like you do with like a product board or something for a product mm -hmm. when you do a feature request. Um, but it will be super clear on all the things we're not going to focus on, but still have the warm space. Like this is where you can pop it, but here's the reasons why we're focusing on these things. Mm -hmm. uh, so having this proactive like relief of like, great, we're proactive again. We're following our timeline and uh, we're committing to certain things for the company that are best for our people. That's just, ah, oh, it's a great start. <laughs> and, and look to, to draw on uh, the fire analogy. Um, when you yeah. spend your whole day, your whole career, your whole life, your whole week, day, whatever, um, but, you know, fighting fires um, as, yeah. uh, as, you know, as you have, as we have all really had to do over yeah. the last year, it's exhausting. It's exhausting intellectually. It's exhausting emotionally. So I think we're all very much looking forward to being proactive and sort of doing that groundwork so that there are fewer fires <laughs> that, that, exactly. you to, that you need to um, put out. Um, yeah. One of the things I have just loved about Pleo, and um, and it's it's actually something uh, uh, our head of growth, Laura, who um, mm. you and I know well, um, her and I have talked about is your career site. And I love, 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 you know, more <laughs> loved as I can say, your career site, the authenticity um, of, of the way that you talk about your organization. And, and in particular, um, the thing that I really want to highlight, not just people who work there, but also people who have moved on, and yeah. you know, being having having that sort of journey, talking about the entire life cycle um, mm. of an employee. Tell us a little bit about you know why for you it's so important to to even highlight those people who have moved on from Pleo. What's the what's the goal there in sharing those stories? Yeah, um, I think it's very, huh? It's a very odd thing that a lot of people. It's kind of like an elephant in the room sometimes where people don't talk about the fact that almost everybody is going to leave the company, potentially not the co-founders, but pretty much everyone else at some point is going to leave. Uh, and no one really likes to say that. Um, but at a certain point, I mean, for us, we grow so fast. And I think company stages, uh, like a part of when you join a company, if you're joining a scale-up, that's one of the reasons you join, based on the type of impact you have, the type of work that you do, challenges you face things like that. Um, and so what I've noticed with our employees who have left is we have some of the brightest, coolest people that I've ever worked with, fantastic thought leaders, and they're just, you know, phenomenal colleagues. I'm still in touch with, uh, with loads of them. And what they've done is like a lot were like, ah, oh, I don't have the impact I used to have. At like um, one of our engineering directors, Guillaume, he's a great example. He's like, you know, he joined when we were less than 10. And he got to choose the technology. He got to build all these things. And he's sitting there with uh, 180 people. He's like, well, I mean, my impact isn't on the entire company. I can't just build something out for engineering quickly. Like, we have to check, is that fair for other people in the company? And I have my good ideas, which he does. And I just can't get them to go fast enough. Um, and so for him, the better move was to go on and um, join us like a core group of uh, founding an organization again. And I mean, I think that's so inspiring, honestly. Like, when would you join, joining Peer now with 250? I don't think I would have been hired for, I mean, mm. I would not hire me for my role at this stage of the company mm -hmm. for sure. So also for me, I was there 40 to 250. That's great. 
And then what is my impact now? I think that's also just very realistic to ask yourself um, because everyone, I think when you're growing so fast, you almost have to improve so much more like 10% month on month or whatever to actually mm. even be not qualified enough, but capable to keep up with the pace and the complexity that your role brings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just think it's super realistic, like keeping your role for years and years or deciding to move on to do something else. It's just exceptionally healthy if the company's uh, changing a lot. And I mean, our parents' generation are probably the last generation that will work for a company for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it might be. And and, and certainly my my parents' generation, like, um, apparently that's, you know, I'm one of the first generations to see parents get made redundant from companies they might have worked at for 20 years. So, you know, you certainly do over time, um, uh, you know, how to say it like over time you 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 know people evolve things change and yeah. I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of a shout out for one of my former employee employees um, I worked at LinkedIn um, for a time back here in London and uh, famously when you join LinkedIn on that induction day and you come into the organization on that very first day they welcome you the MD or the you know regional sales lead whoever it might be come in yeah. comes in and says welcome um, within two years 60% of you won't be here and they would yes. like, you know, genuinely, yes. you know, celebrate the fact that people would come exactly. in and value, be amazing, but then move on and do something else. And, yes. you know, shying away from that or, or trying to control that. Yes. That's not going to happen. You know, so no. um, I think it's such a mature, such a, you know, a, a grown up, your, your product will evolve, your, you know, office might grow or, or shrink or whatever. Yeah. Of or course, shrink. your people yeah. will change as well. So exactly. um, <laughs> uh, maintaining your the human experience and, and really keeping mm. that front and center for your, for your organization is something that, that you're really, really passionate about. And, and we've heard yes. you speak about it um, already today. What does that look like for you in practice? this mm. idea of leading with the human experience and, and do you have any examples that you could share with us today yeah um hmm, which ones yeah so i mean <laughs> it's so it's many continue from <laughs> yeah. well the whole idea is is this um what we try to focus on is that being human and high performing at work go hand in hand so how do we find a healthy balance there uh, t- to get the most out of you and for you to get the most out of Clearo as well. So how do we keep you motivated and engaged by making this just really down-to-earth, safe environment where you can be yourself, but you're also set up for success. So you can really perform, uh, which also is something that you want to do at work. Um, I think something that's been very interesting is a couple of us who've been reporting to the CEO, it was a random group because we don't really have a traditional management structure. So about 11 of us have gone to these authentic leadership offsites. Mm-hmm. It's actually been focusing on the relational and emotional sides of you uh, and less on the professional side. So how you as a leader or your leadership style is impacted by the way you as a person interact on the relational level and how you are um, on an emotional level. So it's been mm-hmm. a mixture of like one-on-one coaching. So, you know, coaching, almost therapy really, uh, tied in with a lot of like group work and offsites where you sit together and really try to understand how you're approaching things and your intention. And uh, I think that's quite weird, actually. I don't see a lot of companies doing that at I our think stage. It depends, 
if you had very, very kind of technology or, or science-led founders, they might find that approach a bit, whereas yeah. if you've got, again, very sort of human experience, coaching, yeah. um, you know, background type founders, they would probably find that quite normal. Um, so I think uh, that's you know, the if, interesting if that's point, the way actually. you guys are leading, that would be, but, yes. But that's a challenge for other founders who listen to this. I mean, Yefe, our CEO, he's a former CFO. And Niku, our other founder, he's a CTO. So they're both very, I think, just very seasoned, um, you know, colleagues who are quite down to earth and just human themselves. Um, but in terms of career and profession, they weren't brought up in that environment. They've had the intention. They set the intention to do this, which I find phenomenal, really. This just attitude is different. So I would encourage anyone like to... It's easy to maybe use that as an excuse, but I would uh, suggest not to. As well. I'll look and, and, and trust me, you know, <laughs> like a, I would love it um, if people listen to this today and, and really adopt that approach because yeah. let's face it, um, as, an, as an organization scales, the product will take you a certain distance, but it's the yeah. people building the products who are, you know, <laughs> who are the people who are, you know, that's what's going to create scale and growth in your organization. So, exactly. you know, you can't do it on technology alone. And I think, no. you know, there are some, I mean, we, I'm, I won't name any names, but there are horror stories out there about, you know, what, what has been happening to people in certain organizations over the last yeah. year and even prior to that. And, uh, yeah. and it damages your brand, you know, like oh, if, sure. if, if, if there is no imperative other than to maintain profit and growth, yeah, it's exactly. Really damaging to your brand if you've got a yeah. you know a really awful reputation in terms of how you treat your people. Um, yeah. And if you're a future of work product too, right? So you're trying to uh, make everyone absolutely. feel valued at work. That's your yeah. mission. Okay. Well, then, I mean, for me, that's quite a lot of pressure. You better mm. make sure that what you build, self pressure, but, you know, make sure that it's really making the space. Mm. Um, so it also gives an interesting. Um, like intrinsic motivation, right? Determination, mm. really, I think. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing a couple of examples there, Jesse, about, about how you lead with this human experience. And, and like I said, I think it's such a, a key part of growth yeah. um, for a brand, for any organization, in particular, like you said, for a company that's you know, really leading the future of work. What would you say is a real challenge when it comes to scaling people organizations or, or the people in your organization um you know what's that thing that really drives you crazy that you maybe wish you had a magic wand that you could fix um that you'd love to share with us mm, yeah I think huh. <laughs> how many wishes do I get <laughs> you can have as many as you like it's 2021 yeah. let's make I, magic happen <laughs> free for all um I think managing expectations like how do you do that really well so you don't let people down so the trouble with being a future of work product so from my perspective mm -hmm. right that's great and it's a lot of fun on how to build a people team and build up that part of the org but also that means such different things to such different people so in our company i think everyone has a different point of view of what that means so how do you make sure that people understand what you are choosing, what you've decided the future of work looks like within your company and for your product? Mm -hmm. And then still make sure that people are excited by other future of work initiatives and stuff, but, but can understand that you're not going to take them all. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's just a super tough one for me. I, it's going to be my personal challenge for 21. 
that's, I mean, it's easy to sound like a people pleaser and say, I don't want to let people down, but there's smarter ways to do this. And, uh, mm. and I haven't cracked that yet. So that's what and the reality is as much as we'd want to be all things to all people, it's just not possible. Yeah. Some people will move on and that's okay. Yes. You know, yes. I, I actually remember having that conversation. Um, I sat down, uh, I led a team in a global team in my last role and, and I actually sat down with somebody who reported to me and I said, and I looked at him and I said, what you came here to do is not here anymore. You know, exactly. and that's yes. okay. <laughs> yes. And I so, know someone who works here in New York who's doing this, who maybe can use somebody like exactly, you. Would exactly. you like me to recommend that you to that? Yeah. And, yeah. and this guy looked at me like I was basically, you know, essentially breaking his heart. And I, and I kind of yeah. felt like I was. But, uh, yes. but yeah, you, you know, you just cannot be all things to all people all of the time. Mm. And, and like you say, managing the expectations around that and not feeling, yeah. you know, us not feeling bad because we're not giving everybody exactly. what they want or need. Is tricky. But specifically, (laughs) yeah, and specifically when it's on really important initiatives. Like I think social responsibility is something I'm very passionate about. A lot of people are like, we need to focus a lot on this. And I'm so passionate. I'm like, I love it. But this year, actually, our focus is on people development. In this case, I need to prioritize you above that. So Hmm. saying no to like amazing initiatives, it's, it's a little bit heartbreaking too, because you're like, I really love that you're thinking of this, but I'm, I need to think of everything. And in this case, I'm putting you ahead of that. Yeah. And, and, and that's also, ish, you know, but I think you've actually articulated something there, Jesse, that's really important, which is if you explain why, and if you provide context and, and like, you're not just sort of, you know, picking reasons out of the air, but there's actually yeah. a thought and, and, you know, a, a broader, a broader strategy, a broader plan. I think you can, explain that to people and and you know you talked about social responsibility there and you know wouldn't it be great if we could fix all of the problems in the world whether it was climate whether it was diversity whether it was yes you know looking after people who are less fortunate whatever the situation might be again you can't fix everything you know and 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 you do have to have a plan and and sometimes I get it you know for an individual person that plan might not be right or, or may not you know align with their values so um yeah managing expectations is something yes anyone leading a team has to do all day every day and uh, yes. and you know we know we know it's tricky um yeah a couple of closing questions for you jesse as we as we finish up today's episode um what are you listening to watching reading at the moment to to keep yeah. to give us to give you inspiration and and hopefully give you a bit of a laugh as well yeah um actually it's an interesting one because it's not something directly from the people space but I think it's something that impacts the people space, or at least impacts my view on the world and of people the, the most. So um, there's actually a YouTube channel called Special Books by Special Kids. Um, and what it is, is there's this incredible special needs teacher who goes and um, interviews people with uh, neuroatypical uh, conditions and, and, you know, just different ways of life uh, and, you know, being brought up with different conditions and things like that. and Ultimately, the message that I always get out of these types of things and these amazing interviews with the most inspirational people I've ever seen is just how to widen your view on normalcy. So having this exposure to different perspectives and different ways people see the world based on their own you know, personal environment and conditions 
um, you know, just helps you. The more you get exposed to that, the more open-minded you get and really accepting and just appreciating of, of everyone. So that's uh, my go-to, I think, every day. And just to say again, special books for special kids. Is that what it's by called? special kids. I always by get around. special kids on YouTube. Yeah. So yeah go, by special kids. Go One check it out. To, to go and have a look at after, after listening to you today. Um, yes. And is there a thought or a value or a phrase that you live by? Um, I think it's something I've chatted to our, our newly hired CRO about actually, which is positivity is, um, is a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. So it's something you choose to be. And specifically, I mean, if you look at Corona and you look at the resilience we've had to have, you, you choose this. You can practice mm-hmm. gratefulness. You can practice something, but you've got to have that intention. And I think mm-hmm. um, that's something I've always been brought up with, luckily, but always lived by. And, um, and I think it's, it's honestly one of the most important things you can give yourself and give your colleagues. And, and it just impacts your whole environment as well. So, yeah, and I think that's, that would be living- living breathing example of it from listening to you speak this morning so thank you and and finally is there a founder or a a people leader or or an organization even that you see as an inspiration for the way that you lead and and you like to work yes um i have a friend called jess hayes who's the Mm -hmm. vp of people at whereby Um, Mm -hmm. so former appearance right Mm -hmm. and she just does she is phenomenal in doing uh, product people ops teams so she's mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out uh, I think she, she does great blogs and uh, she mm-hmm. might do a podcast who's to know really but uh, definitely go check her out as well as someone who's thinking differently and doing it really well and also Excellent. Australian so what's not enough <laughs> Uh, look, I am incredibly proud of the amount of Australians there are around the world leading um, global talent teams. In fact, yeah, uh, for right. a long time, the head of the head of talent at Facebook um, over in Menlo Park in California was an Aussie. I'm, I'm not sure that she's still there now, though. But, uh, but yeah, we're we're floating around all over the place, like so, nice. so many so many folks that we know from um, from the southern hemisphere who who all moved north eventually. And we we really. Still don't know why. Don't um, know why, exactly. Particularly in January. <laughs> um, Jessie, it has been a genuine pleasure to chat to you Ooh. today. And I hope those folks who, who are listening in um, enjoyed the, the wisdom and, and, again, that sort of the, the positivity and the, and the genuine focus on the human experience that you were able to share with us today. Um, I genuinely hope that we get to chat again. I'm sure that there's way more we could be talking about. Um, (laughs) But for now, I wish you safe travels because I know you're off on a a bit of a journey in the next week. Um, And uh, what have we got coming up? Happy Easter, I think, is around the corner. Yes, Valentine's Day. Something for us all to look forward to. Valentine's Day. Sooner, sooner the better. Something for us all to look forward to. So um, have a fantastic day and I hope that we get to speak again soon and thank you to everybody for listening we'll be back with another episode soon of scaling so far take care